0: Hi, Wes. Welcome to uh, Web3 Digital Marketing Entrepreneur Podcast. It's so great to have an XR developer here. Actually, i never had someone who is, you know, probably working uh, in this job exactly because I've been trying to get someone for so long and it's really so great to have you here. Uh, so please tell a little bit about yourself and how you started in this journey and everything so far.
1: Cool. Sounds great. Thanks for having me in the first place. Uh, so again, my name is Wes. I'm an XR, creative XR developer. That's how I like to call myself. Uh, I have been working in this domain for almost three years at this point. Um, I started uh, during our beautiful time when the world shut down, that mm-hmm. is during COVID, yeah. um, because my original plan was as a developer, I was going more into the website of things like mm. React and Node, etc. So I, my original plan was becoming a modern stack developer. But uh, I think I take COVID as a blessing that during that time period and during that focus period, that's where I figured, oh, there's actually something known as AR. So AR was like kind of my introduction into this whole space. Um, so uh, there's this very uh, popular game engine by the name of Unity. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how I started, you know, playing around with it, seeing that okay, you, this can make games, but it can also make uh, applications. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did was I there was this SDK which is still available. It's called the SDK. Mm-hmm. Um, I played around with it and i figured that you know all i have to do is have good 3d knowledge and some programming skills and i can build an app using unity basically Mm -hmm. so i did that and that just opened a lot of opportunities for me so Mm um i at that point i was actually a university student Mm -hmm. and um, that led me to an internship role and in that internship role i was able to progress as an ar developer fully as an ar developer so yeah, that's like kind of my starting point of how I really started. Uh so I used Buforia. Um many other SDKs were available on Unity, like Wikitude and a bunch of them, which because this, again, this was a very, very entry phase into this whole space. Um mm-hmm. and right then and there I figured, oh, okay, if if I know Unity and if if I have these basics, I can progress into VR as well, which yeah. is virtual reality. So um I did that for a while. Um, then that internship role you know, kind of cemented that, OK, this is really what I wanted to do because it was something that I enjoyed doing rather than mm-hmm. something which was a, which is kind of what I was forced to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, like I, I got a, a job offer from another company where they hired me first as an AR developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I progressed through the ranks and uh, stayed there as till the end as an XR developer. Um, and now I am, uh, you know, still as a creative XR developer, that's basically still my whole thing for the time being. Um, but I'll get to as to like what I do. And th- I mean, that's pretty much a very short scenario of what, how I started. But uh, I'll get to the point of like what what I do as an XR developer um, and essentially like and what I have been doing, basically. So mm-hmm. my role specifically is that I work alongside a tech plus creative team, you know, I am kind of like the middle person in between that brings everything together. That's kind of uh, what I feel like the role is. So you know, we, we have clients from mm. from all around the world and they come up with ideas and whatnot. So my job is to work both with the creative team and with the tech team just to make sure that both of these teams are kind of aligned because in this domain as in, as my experience has taught me, you can't really be in one of these things. You can't really just be a developer over here. Um, it's very important for you to understand, OK, what's the creative process? What's uh, the client's needs? What's, what are the clients wants, et cetera? And uh, you have to work alongside both both teams to act kind of like a bridge and then mm-hmm. in the end, bring everything together. So okay. that's how generally it, it, my job works. You know, we get a brief. I sit with the mm-hmm. creative team think, OK, OK, this is what the creative idea is. Then I tell them our requirements, you know, this is what we would need, et cetera, et cetera. And then as a core developer, that's my our job is to program and optimize and then deploy, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of how it looks. So yeah, in short, that's a very, uh, very quick <laughs> speed run that I've done right there, but I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it is, it did. And I think, you know, a lot of people actually, so uh, before that, I just want to ask one question regarding the things that you mentioned is uh, SDK.
1: So yeah. for our audience, if you could explain what SDK is, that would be great. Sure. So SDK is like a software development kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what an SDK does is like, for example, um, I'll, I'll try and make it very simple. So like the Fourier SDK, right? What it did was, all I had to do was install that uh, the software development kit into my program, which was Unity, right? Um, and it could have the base things set up. All I would have to do is like, I would have to incorporate it into my uh, app in mm-hmm. the sense that, for example, if I want to have an image tracking uh, app where it detects an image and overlays something on it, or for example, if it's a plane detection app where it's detecting the plane around the user and then placing something on it, for example, so that whole detection part, right? The image detection and the plane detection that already comes built in with the SDK, so we don't mm-hmm. have to go th- do the extra effort of right developing that whole system. Yeah. from from the ground up so it makes our job easier basically that's in short that's what an SDK is it's a pre-built you know a pre-coded uh build for us to mm-hmm. use as the name suggests I guess
0: got it so I think these kind of technologies has been developed like really uh, you know advanced right for, for example uh when I was doing video editing uh, I kind of had this thought that okay I had to do everything from scratch yeah. but the more I did the more I did some research There are a lot of templates oriented stuff, like you can just drag and drop on all those things. I think with the AR, from when you started, if you see it right now, there'll be a lot of template oriented content already existing online, if I'm correct.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like I remember when I started, everything was we had to do a lot of things from scratch (laughs) as well. A lot. Like it used to be boring. It used to be very annoying as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, just to do the simple things which we are able to do today, we had to do a lot before just Mm -hmm. to even Mm -hmm. get started. Um, Because when I started, uh, it was around end of 2019. So it was Mm. like very, very early uh, into the whole phase. And a lot of um, SDKs or a lot of uh, tools that were available then at this point aren't even available now. Like we played around with them. They came for a while, but they don't exist anymore. So it's a very, very fast space and ever-growing sort of uh, tech space that I'm in at the moment here. Yeah. Cool. You
0: know, the reason why I was saying that is because yesterday I had an interview with uh, a VR developer. So he has this whole company and uh, so he's been in this space for almost six years. So one point he mentioned is that if Meta, you know, the, that Facebook company, if they have not shifted their focus to a VR or, you know, these sort of technologies, uh, this space wouldn't have matured this much in very short span of time. Because we have seen a lot of technologies that was never looked at, right? But now if you see this VR headset, you know, coming in and AR headset, everything is coming around this space. So that that was one of the things. And one point I found is that uh, you mentioned that you started your career in AR and went to XR. So what's mainly the difference, you know, because AR, VR and MR and XR is there. So what's mainly the difference of these four technologies?
1: So XR... I would say XR in itself isn't a technology. XR is actually the uh, umbrella term. That's how mm-hmm. it is called. It's called extended reality, but the X over there is like kind of a placeholder. <laughs> yeah. So that's the placeholder for AR, VR, and MR. So an XR developer is someone who is capable of doing all these three, basically. Um, and to make it easier and to make it short, basically, uh, I, I, I just think AR and VR are the main, you know, uh, is the main tech. MR is, is still, so I, I'll kind of define them to make it easier. So AR, that's augmented reality. Augmented reality plain and simple is augmenting your real world.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: how we see that we have our phone devices, right? A handheld device, and we are able to experience um, an AR experience through it in the sense that it overlays a digital element into the mm-hmm. real world. So for example, we have filters, right? How we are using a filter on our face that's augmenting a digital element onto a real onto a real face, right? That's plain and simple, that's AR. Uh, VR, which is virtual reality, virtual reality is literally taking you to a virtual space. It requires uh, uh, you know a VR headset specifically, a headset where you're able to mount on your head and then you're able to experience that virtual world in that headset. Mm-hmm. That's plain and simple virtual reality. Mixed reality is basically an extended version of augmented reality Hmm. so a good example is how the meta quest pro headset right where you're able to get that pass through experience and in that pass through experience what you're doing is that you're wearing that headset but you're at the same time able to see the real world and at the same time able to interact with digital elements like the digital world and the real world are coexisting with each other Hmm. so it's kind of like AR, but with the added element of like um, you're using different, a uh, different device, for example. So how we are, uh, eventually going to get these, uh, mixed reality headsets, like mm-hmm. the HoloLens, that's yeah. already there and how meta is planning to, you know, make more headsets with more interactive and more enhanced faster experience. Mm-hmm. So in short, that's like, that's what the XR term is. And an XR developer is just someone who is able to, you know, who is proficient in all, all of these three, uh, categories.
0: Understood. Because um, I've seen a lot of these news coming in every single day mentioning uh, Xiaomi is entering this market and, you know, a lot of other people are entering the market and they're choosing, okay, uh, should we do AR? Should we do VR? Should we do MR? But I think uh, one point I wanted to, you know, what everyone said is that whatever technology that you're creating, if you're creating a headset that is not able to be, you know, viewed in real life as well, like having a pass through, then it will be an issue. Because yeah. I was just imagining like, okay, if I buy a VR headset, and am going on a walk in my terrace. I have to be really careful. <laughs> I have to yeah. be really careful like where to stop and where to, you know, turn around. Otherwise, it will be a major concept. So, yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a pretty good explanation that you have had there. So, um, another concept you mentioned is uh, you were kind of a bridge between the uh, tech team and, uh, the, you know, the client and all other people as well. So, would you be able to give a small example? You don't need to mention any project's name. Like a small example of, okay, this a hypothetical example, even it's fine. Like this is a, a example and this is how I kind of coordinated two people because I just want to give the people, okay, this is what you will do if you are becoming an XR developer. Yes.
1: Yeah. Per, uh, understood. Like uh, it makes perfect sense. So I, I'll give an example of like one of the projects that I did. It was like a VR experience that we had to create. Mm-hmm. And the client had like a particular space that they wanted us to, you know, kind of develop that into VR like a real-world space that they wanted us to bring into VR and make it interactive and and whatnot. So um, I'll kind of go through it step by step by keeping keeping it short and easy. Uh, The first thing is, like, obviously, the client comes to us, gives us the idea and everything. Now, my job is to sit with the creative team and make sure we both are aligned. So as a developer, so whenever people think of developers, right, they think that, okay, all we have to do is, like, coding, programming, and that's it. But in this space specifically, I disagree. I think you need to go a bit more than just knowing programming. Programming isn't isn't going to take you, uh, you know, further in this field. Like programming itself. Um, so you need to uh, have a, a very good three D knowledge. Like an XR developer needs to know three D. Mm-hmm. They need to know how to how three D models work. They need to know the basics at least. They need to know what vertices are, what a mesh is, what you know, triangles are all that little, that detail when it comes to 3D, the, they need to know, uh, have a knowledge about that. How textures work, how shaders work, etc., etc. There's a, a, a 3D in itself is a very different and a very big world, but you need to know the core aspects of it just so you have an idea. Hmm. And I'll I'll get to that why that's important. So we sit with the creative team, we align on everything, make sure that, okay, this is how the whole uh, user experience is going to look like. This is how the design should be. This is how everything should look like overall. After that, when we move into development, um, first of all, the main thing we have to do is make sure everything is optimized along the way. Hmm. So right now, the biggest challenge that we have as developers is optimization, I feel. And if you don't know optimization, I think that's a very uh, (laughs) bad position to be in. Hmm. And I'll explain what I mean by optimization as well. Um, so, for example, right now in our the project that we were creating, it was on the Oculus headset mm. because Oculus, uh, the Oculus Quest 2 specifically, um, was a headset that was pretty cheap. Like it, yeah. it created at like four hundred dollars. Everyone was able to access it, and it was it made things very very easy for clients as well for mm. for all the clients to get in this space. So. To back up your point of the VR development that you mentioned, that is actually actually very true. That is how the space has grown. It's, it's because of Meta. Yeah. So that, but that headset, specifically speaking, if you look at it, even though it's like a wireless headset, it's not fully. Uh, it's not a beefy system. You know, mm. it, it does not have the most high spec CPU or GPU in it. It's like a mobile device. You know, it's very small. It has a a, a CPU and a GPU of like of a mobile device, basically. Mm. So if we have to make an experience which has 3D models and at that work taught, we can't really have high end, you know, 3D yeah. models or high end textures and everything into it. So that's where our job is, first of all, uh, mainly. So when we sit with the creative thing, that's what we tell them, you know, the 3D models have to be, um, for example, they have to have these many meshes only or they need the textures need to be this size only, mm. or they can have these many parts, for example, if there's a building, for example, that building needs to be a single mesh rather than you know having multiple elements to it because the yes. more elements it will have the more time it will need to uh, render mm-hmm. but we can simplify it we for example can just have it as one mesh and we can let our texture and shaders do the other thing mm-hmm. for example and you can learn all of this once you have that shader and 3d knowledge so mm-hmm. like if you if you Feel like no as a developer you don't need to learn all of that that's where you will find a challenge that you won't be able to understand or okay how can I be smart and optimize and make sure I can save space etc etc mm-hmm. um so yeah that's like the the design process making sure everything is optimized then they send us the assets we optimize them first of all make sure everything mm-hmm. is doing good and that's when then we move into development like we put it into the uh, our, our platform whatever we, we are using in that case we were using Unity um we choose our again sdk what SDK that we want to go with in this case we were using the oculus sdk um and then then we, uh, after that we start building on the interactions so mm-hmm. the interactions are like like we start coding them in the sense that for example what's the movement going to be like like mm-hmm. how would the user move in this environment are they going to use the analog stick on the vr head uh, on the vr headset or are they going to just walk in real life for example or are they not going to walk at all and are they going to be like um, locomotion points basically if they tap on it they are able to teleport in that location and -hmm. they're able to just have that experience like that because again as a uh, as a when it comes to vr and developing for vr one of the main things that we have to focus on is uh, motion sickness Um, yeah because uh, if you wear a headset for a very first time you're going to get a lot of motion sickness uh-huh. Because, uh, again, your mind isn't able to process it in, in that way. So, again, that's, again, our job to make sure that what methods are we using? Again, mm-hmm. I'll give a very small example for that. In in our case, when we were doing it, the client wanted us to do, um, so in the Oculus uh, headset, we mm-hmm. have controllers, right? And yeah. on the controller, there is an analog stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and since everyone has gamed in their life and we are very much... Um, kind of attracted to or we know how to move a player just using the joystick, right? Yeah. So that's what we are accustomed to. But if we try to do that in VR, it is possible. It's not like it's not possible. The the issue is that the player will be moving, right? But since we are in that headset and we see the camera moving, our mind isn't able to compute that with our physical body. <laughs> yeah. <So> our mind <laughs> thinks that are, we are moving, but in reality we aren't. And that disconnect causes motion sickness. It will cause so much motion sickness that... You won't be able to, you know, have a good experience and you might even end up throwing up. That's that's how bad it gets. So the workaround for that was that we added a vignette effect, which is very common. That's the popular solution. Yeah. We add a vignette effect around the user's eyes just so they don't get that uh, motion sickness at all. And the other suggestion is that we use teleportation. We, what it does is that uh, we create locomotion points mm. where if the user... Uh, interacts with that specific location they just teleport the user in that place and then they are able to experience it in that way so in our case we that's what we did and then they had certain um interactions that you know if uh, they were certain buildings like they wanted us the mm-hmm. user to open the door for example go inside the building um or like certain points like if they go into those certain points they're able to collect some rewards etc mm-hmm. um and overall they just wanted a visual experience that that was the end goal so, yeah, I, I hope I haven't complicated too much, but in short, like- no. <laughs> no, this was this is perfect actually, because I've, I've been thinking this
0: motion sickness I've actually never heard about, to, to be honest, because okay. I've dealt with a lot of people, but this motion sickness, and I, I really get that because it would be really weird, even uh, there are a lot of people who actually get sick when they're going on a bus or train, you know, so considering that it, it really makes sense. And one point that you mentioned is the uh, quality of the, you know, the platform, like the digital world that you mentioned. And uh, I just want to ask, is this bec- is this the reason why the Horizon Worlds is not what Meta promised to be? Because they promised like like a huge world, like how GTFI in, you know, VR would have been, but it was more like very uh, 2D characters and everything was. Is it because of that, that headset was like that? Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. That That is the reason. And a lot of, I mean if all the platforms that you look at at the moment, since the whole metaverse hype, when meta announced it for the first time and uh, the the metaverse hype that we have seen all over 2022, you know, everyone wanted to get into the metaverse. We saw Decentraland coming up. We saw Sandbox. Yeah. We saw Spatial. And if you look at all of these platforms, the graphics and everything aren't top tier, are they? They yeah. aren't amazing. Or even like just like you just mentioned, when even Mark Zuckerberg released that um Famous picture of Horizon yeah. Worlds for Spain for Spain and France. It got a huge backlash, and mm-hmm. that's primarily the reason because I feel like the whole metaverse space is is too ahead of it its time right now. Um, it's it's too early. There mm-hmm. is still, yeah. in in my opinion, if you ask me, it's going to be uh, you know streamlined and everything in like ten years time. Yeah. Like that's where I feel that's the the right figure when we'll have devices which are able to give us like pc level performance in a mm-hmm. very uh, small you know form factor because mm-hmm. right now we can't get that level of uh, performance in a in a mobile device for example you know so yeah. that is the reason that uh, a lot of the things that we see are like very very low poly not very good looking uh, <laughs> per se um and that's again that uh, that's where really my point Comes in that as an XR developer, that's go- mm-hmm. our job that we have to make sure that we are giving you the best looking thing mm. in the most optimized way possible, basically. So Understood. that's where that's a challenge every time for us because clients uh, come to us and they have expectations of a GTA game, but we end up yeah. giving them something which is a very low end game. So we have to ma- always make sure we get those expectations right from clients. Mm. And when it comes to development, there are a lot of techniques and a lot of uh, ways. It, it just comes to your experience, how good you are as a developer, that you are able to give them that experience in a very limited amount of, you know, uh, capacity. Exactly. So there's that.
0: Exactly. And, you know, one point I really agree is that when you mention the developers, you know, you necessarily having the coding skills is not enough because there's a lot of tools that's that came in, you know, after the AI revolution or, you know, everything. It made your job easy, but it just push, pushing the human more towards you need to know what you want, like the yeah. concept of you need to know what you want and you need to know what to say. Like it's the previous phase of, you know, the communication is the key like that yeah. came in. So I think that's a pretty good thing. So, uh, you know, as an Excel developer, as you mentioned, like you need more than uh, this, just developing skills. Would you, ha- would you suggest any qualitative skills that people should uh, have? Like, you know, creativity is one in general yeah. sense that can be it. But anything from your experience that you can say that you know these all qualitative skills that we could have, it will be better.
1: Yeah, sure, definitely. I think I'll I'll give my example. When yeah. I started, I was purely a, like a programmer, right? All I did was coding, just learning languages and whatnot. Hmm. Since I've shifted in this space, I think there are only two languages that I have stuck with since then. One is JavaScript, and the other is C sharp. Um, hmm. That's it to be honest till till this day um, and other than that I mean the thing that I realized was very very important I think first up is creativity because mm. XR I think is a space that requires a lot of creativity from you from within you you know it's a very this whole virtual space isn't something that you you can do without having any creativity for example uh, you know so there's that definitely uh mm-hmm. the other thing is like i mentioned i'll say it again it's 3d so design and 3d i'm not saying that you need to go ahead and le- learn how to become a designer or how to become like a 3d artist and whatnot you know but have at least the basics of how these things work have the knowledge of a mm-hmm. of how a 3d model is so what i ended up doing is i ended up learning a 3d software which is blended. You yeah. know, it's a free open source software, everyone can use it at this point. And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up learning how to, you know, how how can I make my own 3D model? Okay. Mm. And that's how I learned that okay, this is how I can uh this is how a 3D model is, this is how it how many meshes it has, how many vertices it has. And that's what I ended up doing in my day-to-day job as well. Like we download some three third-party models, or um like for example, if we download that three model, right? How are you going to be able to play around with it if you don't know the basics of 3D? Yeah. Think, you know, so yeah. uh, essentially, 3D, I feel, is very, very important. It's not touched upon that much. You really need to have a, a, like a good amount of knowledge in that. So, yeah, it, it's creativity, design, and 3D. Have a bit of this. And uh, at the very end, I think it's logical thinking. How good is your logical thinking in the sense that? How good of a problem solver you are. Mm. Um, because th- when you're in the space, you're going to run in a lot of uh, places where your problem solving skills are going to save you. And I like to think of myself as a very good problem solver because when whichever project I have worked on or whichever project I keep working on, we run into problems every time, <laughs> every single time. And I'm not like trying to say that. We XR developers are the only one that run, run into problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like the skill that you ask, right? That mm-hmm. what are the skills that we really, really need to have? I think problem solving is one of that skill that we really need to have. Because when it comes to uh, projects like these, like for example, if a client sends us an asset that they want this 3D model to be in their experience, but they end up end up sending us a 3D model, which is like one GB in size, right? How do we optimize it? How do we play around with it? How do we make sure that the client is still happy and we are still able to develop our experience as well? So good mm-hmm. logical thinking and good problem solving and with the experience, you're able to develop the skill as well. So it, I think that's, that's, I would say, like, yeah, those are like the four points, um, four or five points, I would say that, everyone should have in their you know arsenal
0: <laughs> got it because uh, one of the reasons why i really uh think the quality to skill matters a lot because uh i actually my brother is kind of like a uh, guy who's have 10 years of experience he's 80 years older than me and whenever i see him you know he's been a developer for his whole life and whenever i see him he always goes to github and then copy paste some you know code some always do that i'm mean, like you did this your 10 10 years of life and you're earning this much. How could how is this even possible? Because I'm actually a digital marketer. So whenever I'm doing marketing, I really can't implement that. I don't have a code or I don't have anything anywhere. I need to make sure, okay, this is what the audience, this is what they want. And I have to literally prick my brain. I'm not saying it's uh, you know, developers' jobs are easy, but you know, the resources that it has, it's it's very high. Uh, you know, there are communities and all the stuff, it's it's pretty high. So the quality stuff really matters a lot, but uh, have you faced any particular problem? Uh, can you give an example? I just want to get it. Just any particular problem like that you thought, okay, this is going to screw up my entire day, but finally I solved it. Do you have any example on that?
1: I mean, I have a lot when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think one of the examples was yeah, yeah that I just mentioned that a client wanted a three D model um, incorporated in one of their experience, and the three D model that they shared with us was extremely high, uh, mm-hmm. high detailed and high definition. And we requested that, you know, we can't really use this 3D model in, in our experience, but they said that, you know, it's a must and they didn't have the resource for it. Hmm. Uh, and since we were on a time crunch, we couldn't really outsource it to someone else. So what I ended up doing was I, since I knew a bit of Blender and everything, I it to the communities and I think that's where I agreed in at your point as well. We developers have a lot of resources and a lot of communities it's just up to the developer themselves, how smart they are and how committed they are in terms of like finding the right resource and everything. Um, and that's when I, uh, through, uh, help with the community and a lot of other things, I was able to find a tool which where mm-hmm. what it was able to do was able to, um, guide me as to how I can optimize the 3d model. So for example, if, if a 3d model is, uh, it has like a million triangles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for everyone listening a triangle is like what forms a mesh of a 3D model that that sounds complicated but you know when you see the shape of a 3D model it's made of a bunch of triangles yeah. which form a mesh so a million triangles is like a very high detailed one and we as developers have to stay within the limit of like 50,000 or like less than 50,000 ideally <laughs> right so <laughs> what what i ended up doing was i ended up Figuring out that okay, I, if I use this tool, this will be able to remesh that model for mm-hmm. me. And remeshing is basically um, bringing down the number of triangles while making sure that the detail is still pretty much there. So that's how I did that. But then I realized, okay, what there's something known as like uh, the texturing of it uh, of the three D models. But there are those three uh, D models have number of maps for those textures. Mm. So there's like a normal map, uh, a roughness map, and each of these maps adds an artificial detail to the 3D mm-hmm. model. So if a 3D model in its uh, mesh does not have that detail, for example, the texture will do that job in making sure it fakes that detail on top of it. Mm-hmm. So for that particular uh, model, which the clients, and I was able to bring it down to like 30,000, and then using the texture techniques, I was able to still maintain like 90% of what it was, hmm. but there was like a day and night difference in terms of how it looked. And uh, we were able to then use it in our experience because it was optimized and we were then, you know, able to go ahead with it. So it's kind of, okay, th- what I'm what I'm going to
0: say might really agitate you, but this is kind of like uh, bringing down a PNG to a JPG. Like that sort of same quality, yeah, yeah. i sorry. I know it was very simplified. Like you know, after mentioning, but uh, I think uh, you know from my perspective with this XR space, uh, you know, I, I was really trying to build something in the Unity when I was having my really old laptop. It was not working properly. Yeah. But I think the you know you really gave a detailed explanation of like okay, these are the tools, these are the things, these are the problems. So <laughs> easily solve it. So yeah. that was really uh, great. Now, before going into the final section, uh, is it morning or evening there? What time is it?
1: It's evening, over there, yeah.
0: Okay. So, the question is, like, um, who was actually the last person that you made smile today?
1: Yeah, that's actually a very interesting question. <laughs> um, I think um, it was, I think, my reporting manager because... Um, the the new role that i'm in right now the reason i joined in this role was because of him and i have been blessed to be working with a lot of talented and a lot of like very experienced people right Mm -hmm. so we were stuck in a very big problem since like last week and we were just trying to figure out okay what's the best way to solve this Mm -hmm. and him and i we worked on it together and we were able to like finally finally solve it today so yeah we had like a very good session on that and we kind of both had a smile on that. So I think, yeah,
0: that, that, that was the last person, <laughs> pretty much. Awesome. Pretty much. Awesome. So, uh, just moving on to the last section is that yeah. um, so one is uh, regarding the space, uh, you know, place that you're living in. We are in Dubai right now. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot of investment that's been going on, you know, in Dubai regarding the metaverse and all the spaces. So, at one point, I'm really happy that one country is taking forward, you know, the next gen, uh, you know, kind of technology. But what are your thoughts? Do you think this will sustain or are they doing it for you know the trend or PR standard or not? So what would be your thoughts as the XR developer, developer, uh, the futuristic place in the place that you're living in right now?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think me coming to Dubai, my primary reason was I saw that there was a lot of investment going on over here, mm-hmm. And when the government in itself is investing that much money, that's where things are a bit interesting. It's, it really mm-hmm. kind of uh, fascinates you that, okay... There might be something here. So that's what I I, uh, ended up, you know, uh, taking this decision. And I decided to move over here. And I do, like, follow a lot of the things that are happening over here. I do end up going in a lot of sessions and a lot of meetups and whatnot just to see that, okay, uh, is this really, you know, just for the trend? Or are they really considering to invest and grow this? I think it's 50-50, I would say. It's like good and bad apples everywhere, you know, That that is yes. the kind of example. So the in some places where they're trying to invest, it makes sense, like, for example, over here, they're uh, eagerly trying to invest into healthcare, the hmm. education sector. Um, and these are sectors which make a lot of sense, which yeah. uh, give the use case of the XR space a lot of value, basically. But then there are a lot of those other metaverse projects, you know, some NFT projects and that space is a bit finicky, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't really make that much sense to be put, pumping in that much money in in those projects. So I think that in itself is just for the trend. Hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's it's fair enough. That's that's what I feel like. You know, you, you I can't really say that it's all going to waste, <laughs> and I can't really say that it's all going uh for to benefit at all. You know, yeah. so it's it's kind of like a mixed pack overall.
0: Cool. I think one of the things that you also uh, wanted to mention is this, the Metaverse Mall, because uh, I got this news and um, I don't know, I, I think for to some extent for those people who actually have the facilities, then yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, people in Dubai, like, okay, the tourists and all the people, I think they would definitely love this technology. So yeah, I mean, Metaverse shopping has been really going in a lot of places. So I think this would be a pretty good initiative.
1: Definitely. So,
0: uh, you know, just following up on that is the final thing that I want to ask is, uh, this is for those people. Who are listening and they want to create, let's say, uh, their own portfolio. So I think in my version uh, for an XR developer, or a VR developer, if they could have a portfolio of a virtual world, that would be like pretty crazy. So they can still like, I think, you know, you know, this is the world. Go and visit in this space. It would be great. So would you be able to give like a brief step by step, you know, process of creating that virtual world, and you know, uh, then obviously they can use it to present it to their manager
1: or whoever that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. That that makes perfect sense. I think so. When it comes to making a virtual world, right? If you're trying to build it from scratch, that's a big challenge. And obviously, if you're just starting off, um, it will be way too overwhelming because a virtual world isn't really that simple. Like considering how far this whole tech has come, the whole metaverse space has come even. Um, you know, you need to build an IPFS storage system first, you need to know what smart contracts are, you need to know how you can um, incorporate that world with with the blockchain and all. It's it's very complicated, like at the start. Um, So I think my recommendation is that what people could do is, uh, we we all know about the virtual space spatial, right? And when you sign up for spatial, you're able to, you have your own work, workplace, like, you know, your own space over there as well. Um, and what Spatial lets you do as well is make custom environments and lets you design your own space as well. Um, so I think a good starting point is like, just go on to Spatial, play around with it and just make a custom space over there. Make sure you have like a, uh, uh, your own wallet, like mm-hmm. an NFT wallet, like Metamask, for example, and all that, because what Spatial lets you do is just, it's able to, let you uh, connect your wallet with with its uh, you know backend. Basically, yeah. it's very seamless in that way. So in that way, for example, if you have an if you are an NFT geek and if you have your NFTs, you can display those NFTs in that space as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a must, but I'm just suggesting that that's also something you can do. Um, so that that's like a good starting point that you can go into. But in terms of like um, portfolio, like if, if I'm being brutally yeah. honest. What really matters is what you are able to sort of do with your skill set. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you have made a spatial environment, sure, that's your portfolio to start off. But I think picking up a platform like Unity and developing mm-hmm. spaces over there, like custom spaces, and it doesn't have to be like full fledged, you know. Like for example, just creating uh, an app in, in in like a VR app where what you are able to do is like there's a table and you're able to interact with certain elements. And if you just have a video of that, even, I think that's enough because, I mean, that's how I started off, you know, um, at the start, even I used to think that, you know, I need to build full-fledged apps and whatnot. Mm. Um, but I luckily had a very good mentor who just said that, you know, you, you need to start and if it's good enough, just, uh, you know, put it forward. And yeah. that's all you need in my opinion, like in all honesty, um, if you have that as a starting point, it's it's good enough to get your foot into the door and then you can build up from there. Got it, got it.
0: And I think the one point that you mentioned is like, um, you know, not building from scratch because I can really understand, uh, you know, when, when it was starting stage of the metaverse trend and everything, I was writing blogs regarding, you know, how to build a metaverse world. And I was, I was reading so much bluff because there was no information available on how to actually create it. Yeah. Like these tools were spacious and everything that wasn't very very popular back then, just yeah. became popular you know, in the recent days. So I think that's a, a pretty good point. So great. So uh, and you know, OS, thanks so much you know for hopping onto the show. It was a really great conversation. We had a lot of amazing, interesting stuff. So for those people who are aspiring to be you know developers in this Metava space, would be really happy. Now, uh, tables turned. Is there anything else that you want to ask me?
1: No, I think. Uh... It's, I, I went through your profile as well and <laughs> I, I feel like you are more into the digital marketing space. Yeah. I think the, the only thing, my question would only be specifically regarding this is um, when you see metaverse campaigns, for example, or mm-hmm. like when you see metaverse um, because in the digital marketing space, there are a lot of like filter campaigns like yeah. people make a lot sort of filters on these platforms like Instagram, Snapchat or TikTok and when it comes to NFT projects and whatnot, what's your, as a digital marketer, like, how do you see those campaigns? Do you feel like those, because some of them end up win, winning awards as well. And do you think like those awarded campaigns are fair or are they just like, eh, they could have been better, etc.? So, so yeah, uh, that's that so, a question.
0: Yeah. So actually, you know, as a marketer, I think I have this uh, thought that, any new technology that comes and if a business is planning on using it, they'll use it for two purposes. One is for profit earning and number two is for the marketing purpose. Yeah. Like to market their business. Any technology for that matter. If this Metaverse came, I mean, uh, imagine if, uh, you know, H&M or Gucci, these people coming in, having their spaces in a decentralized land or sandbox or wherever it is. It's not for, you know, Just showcase. It's for some marketing-related context. So I think, and you know, with the technologies have which have Facebook and Google, like if whatever you're talking right now, if I close this and open my YouTube, on the right side, it will say, but you want to buy MetaQuest. Like they have the technology to listen to everything right now. Imagine having a VR headset and they can see where your eyes are moving mostly and they can decide, okay, this place is where this guy is seeing a lot of time. Place an ad there bid that you know uh, banner place a lot of money so this is how it will go so it's kind of like a revolutionary place where you get a lot of data because they're getting the whole spatial data <laughs> like yeah. the whole face they are getting it's pretty scary but still i think that's an inevitable concept so you know some con some technologies like as you mentioned like nfts and all uh, the trading was to in my opinion is very bad okay <laughs> i really hate these trading concepts it is stock market or whatever it is yeah. but uh recently starbucks and you know uh porsche they got these people they did uh nft campaigns porsche was very bad they didn't properly do it so it was a pretty burst but uh starbucks did a very good um, job so i think um from a marketing perspective if you don't tell people that it's an nft and if you tell people that it's a loyalty program, they'll buy. That's what Starbucks made it. It's they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. if you're bringing a new term, they'll be like, no, 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 This is a scam. Right. I don't want any new terminologies. You give the technology, just tell me what I can get. So yeah. if they could market in that way, that would be better. My main interest came to the virtual realities because of, uh, because of the concept of this, you know, data collection, like how they could gather a lot of data and how marketers can actually do a lot of, you know, amazing job in it. So, yeah, That's kind of what I'm seeing. That's why if you see in my profile, you have like Metaverse and Web3 Marketer. I mean, I'm not a fully fledged guy in that yet. I'm still learning. So yeah, that's what I do. Whenever I want to be something, I just put it and I'll learn it afterwards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, that. That, that's how it is supposed to be as well. I, even like with my three years of experience, I can't really say I'm like the best XR developer out there. I know there are a lot of people. And to be honest, every day is, is a learning day. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like my passion. I see that passion in you as well that uh, when you have that passion, you end up just taking a start and your passion kind of helps you get into that uh, position eventually. So yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense to be honest. But it it was a nice uh, perspective that you gave right <laughs> there in terms of the whole data collection thing. I mean, that's kind <laughs> of very interesting the way I think about it as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I, as I, you know, uh, this is one point I want to add is that when I studied marketing, I stopped trusting people because <laughs> just imagine after studying marketing, you'll feel like whenever someone is doing something good to you, you'll be like, what do you want from me? Why are you giving something? <laughs> It'll be like, you know, giving a discount or something. I mean, like, what's the catch? What do you, yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. want there? So uh, marketing has really made my brain think in a very different way. But uh, I think that's why i like, whenever I see something, I feel in a marketing manner. So yeah. So let's see how this, you know, all this technology goes and,
1: Hopefully one day. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's see. It's 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 exciting times, and I mean the times. It's it's. I mean, I, the last thing I think I would like to add from mind is that if we, if anyone listening to this is like considering into moving to the space, I think right now is still the best time because everything is moving so so quickly and so so fast that um, you know it's it's not like we, there's still a lot of competition in any way. You know, it's still. I, I don't feel like this field is still oversaturated in any way. There's still a lot of space to play with and to um, to innovate in. For example, so if you have the basic skills, like if you have the basic skills already mentioned, and if you have a good circle, and if you're good at networking, and if you're good at LinkedIn, uh, I don't see why you can't get into this space as well. So I um, so everyone is aspiring to like get into this space. I think right now is the perfect time, and uh, because like two or three years later this everything is going to change instantly, like with the progression of AI and how fastly things are, you know, (laughs) moving at the moment, we, we can expect a lot of changes in like a matter of years already. So yeah, that's like my final (laughs) bit on this. Cool. So always in case people want to find you, you know,
0: or, you know, some people want to uh, inquire about your services, you know, where would be the best place?
1: uh personally like the best place is linkedin i feel Mm -hmm. that's where i'm mostly active um in terms of like my profile my services and everything that's the best the best possible place other than that it's my instagram i'm not really that much active on it but like if you still want to get a bit into my personal life for some reason i think that's (laughs) kind of where uh instagram is that place but primarily it's it's linkedin um and my website as well um so my website is primarily just a a portfolio website i I like to dump in whatever i do over there Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's that it's ideally these three places cool cool so guys i'll definitely link everything in the description below
0: so you can go and check them out and uh always thanks so much again you know for hopping on the show it really means a lot and uh guys i'll see you in the next episode